Joel Osteen, welcome to The Herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. Now, you'd like to discuss your new book. It's called... And sales are through the roof. Just give the listeners a brief overview. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah. Brilliant. Now, if you'll excuse the pun, I'm trying to get to the bottom of Ray Comfort's 8 horsepower solid gold butt plug. I couldn't agree more. When do you expect it to go to market? Joel Osteen, thanks for your time. Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Herd Mentality, and with me today I have a completely impromptu cast of of unheathens. I've got uh, Josh Howarth, Bob and Ryan, and I'll give out some Twitter handles quickly because I've just met you guys. We've got at Bob Tompkins, T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S 93, at J.M. Howarth, and at Ryan Pullen, R-Y-A-N-P-U-L-L-I-N. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. We'll just do a quick whip around. Uh, Josh, what do you do? Where are you from? Uh, I am a a pastor in Oregon in the United States. So we started a a church about a little over a year ago uh, here in a city called Corvallis, where Oregon State University is. Outstanding. You were very polite. You asked me a couple of really open questions on the Twitter sphere and very gracefully accepted an invite onto the show. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate your response. That was great. Cheers. And uh, Bob, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I'm a junior ministry student at Anderson University in South Carolina. I'm the vice president of my SDA at my school. Um, been able to see a lot of good things happen there, so just a little bit about me. Okay, cool. And Ryan, what about you? Uh, I'm a uh, second-year college student um, out of West Virginia, and I play in a band out of Charleston, West Virginia called Embracer. Cool. A band called Embracer. Yeah. What sort of music? We classify it as like alternative rock or kind of ambient rock. Our vocalist does a lot of uh, Christian theme lyrics. So Cool. Sounds like my kind of music. I like uh, alternative rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to send me through a link after the show. Yeah. Or, or at least <laughs> oh, yes, I will. Okay. All right, guys. Look, we all got together sort of off the cuff because you jumped in and, and admirably defended a, a gentleman by the name of Pastor Mark. And he wrote a tweet this morning along the lines of why do you give your sin to jesus but not your money it was along those lines so i i don't have it in front of me i apologize if i've misrepresented it you're really polite <laughs> and you you <laughs> ask some really good questions so what i thought i'd do is get you on and uh you're welcome to interview me so i'm going to hand it over to you guys <laughs> <laughs> this is great yeah who's up first well i was more curious uh just as i've always wanted to seek to understand this a little bit better but for someone who doesn't believe that god exists that religions are fiction in our case 
the religion of Christianity. Is there something within you that doesn't want to believe in a God? Or if there were a God, would you want to know this God? Just coming from a standpoint of atheism, it just seems, uh, and I said this in one of the questions I asked you, just interesting to try and defend and fight against something that I wouldn't even think is real. Just always intrigues me a little bit because I think for the most part, things that I would believe are, are fiction uh, that aren't real, I I don't really care about. So I guess like my question really is, I guess that twofold, why care so much? But then more than that, if do you even want to believe that there is a God? All right, well, I'll, I'll answer that one first. Do I want to believe there's a God? Yes, I think there's intrinsic within human nature. People want mm-hmm. to believe that we're not alone, you know, that people want to believe that we have a purpose. Now, when I was quite young, I would have been, uh, I would have been seven or eight. We had scripture lessons at our school here in Australia in the third world. And I wanted to believe. I went home, you know, for about six months. <laughs> I prayed every night. I had the Bible. I read the Bible when I was that old. And I wanted to believe in, in a higher power. Now, one of the things I mentioned to you in the in the tweets is something called confirmation bias. So in order to experience God, you have to accept it first. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I had trouble with because even though I'd pray and ask for something, I never actually received it. So mm. over time, I think I began to, to wake up to this and, and understand what's going on. The second part of the question... I guess, what were you wanting to believe that you felt like wasn't satisfied? Because uh, you, you finished your last sentence with something similar to that. You said there was something you wanted, but you weren't able to get it. I was wanting to believe that that life isn't finite. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest thing, that life isn't finite. I don't believe in, in a heaven. I don't think I'm going anywhere other than into the ground to become worm food. Right. So my mission, the reason I, I get up every morning is to make a difference in the world mm-hmm. and to improve the lives of future generations. And by attacking, if you will, or just the thought processes, not the people, but the beliefs. Yeah. That is a way I, I feel I can make an improvement for it. And I'll give you an example. The red states in the US, so the, the, the most southern states, have the highest right. rates of teenage pregnancy in the US, and they're the most religious. These are the states where we're, you know, we're taught contraception is bad, mm-hmm. it's not to be used, uh, no sex before marriage. And yet the people themselves are wired at that age to go out and do what young people do. So my view on that is that we should use education to improve their lives and rather than cases of unwanted pregnancies occurring, allow Mm -hmm. people to live fuller, more educated lives and then have their families when they're ready. And that improves a society overall. Right. What was it then that caused you to believe that that life is finite because you said it's like when you were younger you were reading scriptures and things like that but you didn't receive this belief to where you then became an atheist so what was it that caused you to say well life is finite well people want to believe in in things that don't align with what we experience in reality so for example we want to believe that Batman is real and that he drives around at night in a black car fighting crime. Mm-hmm. But the only evidence we have for that is something that's on film It's a, and, and it's clearly fictional. So what caused me to not believe? Well, the experience I have is that I, I don't have any recollection of what happened before I was born. I right. came into existence as a result of mutations and a sperm and an egg. There was one in a six billion chance that I turned out to be me. Mm. And 
this occurs every day. Now, I have no good reason to believe that I'm going to heaven afterwards because we can't, it's something we can't measure. It's something we can't judge. And it has to be taken on faith alone. And, right. And the issue with taking things on, on faith alone is that it leads people to do irrational things. Now, an extreme example of that may be, I hate this example, but let, let's talk about the people who uh, attacked the Twin Towers. Their right. faith, which, you know, they have no no real good evidence to believe that they're going to get virgins in the afterlife, right. led, led them to go and do atrocious acts. Right. Uh, now, that's an extreme example. But it also, on a lesser degree, can cause your typical average person in the street to hate gay people. Mm-hmm. And gay people, they're, they're a reality. They're here. They're, you know, why not just accept them? That that would be a measure of a good society. And we can look to European countries like Sweden and Germany and places where gay marriage is, is legalized mm-hmm. as, as to the happiness of a country. So faith is... I don't view faith as a virtue. That's probably mm. the best way to sum it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to chime in on this. Okay, Bob, lay it on me. Yeah, so I live down in the deep south, like you said, the red states um, in South Carolina. And one thing, you know, you kind of talked about, you know, we kind of listen to what people teach us and we do that. And we end up having like a higher pregnancy rate here than elsewhere. Also, in your European countries, you know, you say that there's the, the gay population and sometimes the faith can cause us to hate those people. And I think a lot of that reason is because was being taught is morality. It's not really the gospel of Christ. It's not really the good news about Jesus. It's more do these good things and you'll get heaven. It's a be a good person and you'll get heaven. And not having sex so you're married, not using certain drugs, kind of viewing homosexuality as a bad thing are moral things, as we would say. It's, it's moral to be like this. Um, but I don't think that's what truly the Bible teaches. Yeah, we are to be ethical and be moral as Christians, but our morality and our ethics don't actually get us anywhere. One thing I was trying to express to you, because uh, I was trying to understand one of your questions, your comments in response to mine was, like, if you would look at Christianity as a whole and view Christianity as evil, like it's producing evil in the world, mm. is that something that you are trying to communicate? Is that something that you're holding to? I don't view Christianity as as better or worse than any other belief system uh, because all these belief systems teach. And and this is one of the reasons I'm an atheist, because you've got Islam, you've got Buddhism, you've got uh, Christianity, you've got all... and, And there's dozens of types of Christianity. And they all purport to report to the one true God. And right. yet that couldn't possibly be the case. So there's, And this is a cause for unrest in the world. So, you know, there's people in America who believe in one particular type of God and people on the other side of the world who believe in a different type of God. And it, it causes unrest. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it closes off avenues for discussion. Right. Uh, in relation to your comments, because you said something about for a good man to be silent produces evil in the world it was something to that effect yeah, i think so, is something so, you stated so for, so e- for evil to prevail just, um all it takes is for, for good men to do nothing that's not my quote <laughs> that's, yeah i've uh, heard that before i guess mm. i was just trying to say in using that quote were you trying to communicate in the sense that going after various people or or being someone who said i don't believe in god but i'm going to prove try to prove and seek to prove that there is no god that's fueling you to look at christianity and say well if I don't speak up, um, then I'm going to let this evil sort of prevail in the world. Mm. That's my question is more like, are you essentially saying that you look at Christianity and the message of Christianity and people like that and say, well, this is producing evil in the world? I don't seek to disprove a God because that's an impossible task. It's like me saying to you, there's a unicorn orbiting Jupiter. Mm -hmm. Please disprove it. 
I'm placing the work back on you when it's me making the claim. So mm-hmm. my position is more, regardless of religion, your claim is that a God exists. It's now right. in your court to provide reasonable evidence that is backed up and not using the Bible because the Bible tells us that the Bible is true, so therefore the Bible is true and it's a circular, a circular argument. Using facts and reasoning, do we have evidence to suggest that Allah flew up to the sky on a horse or Muhammad flew up to, to the sky on a horse? Or do we have evidence to suggest that people lived to 900 years and built arcs? Do we have evidence to believe that a snake coerced Adam and Eve in the garden? So these are claims that the Bible is making that people believe in. Mm-hmm. And my query is more with getting people to think about, hang on, it doesn't actually make sense based on my understanding of the world around me. So mm-hmm. what's going on in my mind? There's some sort of cognitive dissonance taking place here. That's my fight. That's where I'm going. Is religion evil? Mm. Religion can make people do evil things. Mm-hmm. That's my position on it. Religion in itself? No. Actually, I find something very interesting here. You Bob? Yeah, I find it very interesting, though, that with this concept of not having religion, um, that you have a very real concept of, of good and evil. And I, I just wonder, where does that concept of good and evil come from? What does it derive from if you have no belief in, in a god or a religion? Okay, well, I don't take my morality from the Bible, but does this make me a good or a bad person? Well, you judge a person on their actions. So a common argument that atheists here is that, oh, well, Stalin, Mao, and to a lesser degree, Hitler were atheists. That's not true in the case of Hitler. He was a Catholic, but people seem to believe that he is, or he was an atheist. Those people didn't do what they did because of atheism. They had different agendas at play, and I'm I'm happy to provide links to that. There was a a recent episode of C-Web's Sunday School, so you can follow him on Twitter at C web with two b's 619 and there's a link to his podcast there where he discusses those three characters in particular now if the bible teaches us morality and we have to stick to the bible as as a true source of morality then in that instance we would be keeping slaves i thought you tweeted about that earlier when we were discussing Mm -hmm. and i feel i feel that the bible it never says to have slaves rather it says in there's New Testament, Old Testament places alike where it says if, if you have slaves, this is how you are to deal with them. Okay. And Wouldn't it be more moral, however, to say don't keep slaves? If it's a perfect book, why is there misinterpretation of it worldwide? The, this is a question. This is one of the reasons I'm an atheist. <laughs> and this is how I came to these conclusions because those questions are extremely difficult. And you have to, you, you have to make a concession. You have to say, well, they're talking about indentured servitude or whatever but if the book was perfect it would simply say don't keep slaves don't stone people yeah the golden rule no uh, i mean maybe back to that uh morality situation well I'll, I'll be completely honest i'm pretty i'm pretty new to christianity myself i grew up in a uh, in a home that didn't truly believe in going to church and reading the bible and i didn't i didn't have a uh, uh religious revelation until my um freshman year of college and I'm still pretty new to uh, still pretty new to Jesus and his teachings and whatever teachings are else in the Bible. But I have felt God's power and I, I know the testimony of my other friends and I, I have accepted that God exists. But back to the morality question, uh, I mean, maybe it can just be seen from a from a viewpoint as if you do have slaves, treat them well. I mean, that's that's a good morality standpoint there. I mean, even though. Ooh. See, that's the thing is, I mean, even if even if the Bible doesn't specific, specifically say don't have slaves, you know, treat them well, I'm, I'm not sure. You, it's you said a, something else I want to make a comment on. but mm, It's a dangerous position to put yourself in. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I'd like you to, to think about that comment you just made with, if you have slaves, here's how you treat them. Well, a moral person, in my view, would not have slaves. And I think a moral person, in your view, would not have slaves. So we both agree oh, on this. Perhaps? Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to the free will that God gives each and every person. I mean, How do we know that God gave us free will? I mean, I was born, I don't believe in a God, I have free will. There are people who believe in other gods, and they also have free will. So it's not specific to one God. Well, see, that's that's the thing. Is I, I In my theistic beliefs, I truly don't label one specific religion with a correct God. I mean, for you to call me a Christian might be might be a little inaccurate i would say okay well how, how, do, you de- how do you how do you define yourself what what label would you prefer I, I just believe in god that's when i was growing up i had a real hard time accepting church and religion because of like you said back uh with the uh comment about the bible belt a lot of the teachings that seem people seem to pass on to their newer generations they just they get misconstrued or generations they just set the bad examples anyway by going against the teachings and I had a hard time accepting a church that was so flawed and a religion that was so flawed that I just I couldn't follow an organized religion or anything like that because of all the because of all the contradiction and everything. But can I ask um, Pastor Josh, what advice would you give in this situation? Yeah, I feel like the idea of a disconnect between what people believe and what people do, I mean, that's just across the board. And I think especially from a a Christian perspective, you're not going to find one Christian uh, who is going to sit there and say, I perfectly live the life that I should live. I treat everyone the way that I should treat people. Uh, So even though Christianity is going to say, live like Jesus, or this is how we should live, we're going to see a disconnect between how we should live and how we actually live because what the Bible teaches is that we all have a, I would call it like a depraved nature. We all have this rebellious spirit. We're, We're selfish people. We're proud people. We're not humble people. But through Christianity and through this life of Jesus, uh, slowly over time, hopefully these are things that are growing in us. So like I'm a father, um, I don't always treat my kids the way that I should, but hopefully by God's grace and his working in my life, he's maturing me to treat them the way that I should. And so I could say this is how I should father my kids, but I'm not going to be perfect in that. So I feel like the idea of hypocrisy or I mean, as I feel like I've heard that from a lot of different friends that I have, the idea that, well, Christianity says this, but people don't match up to that. I mean, I, you could say that about anything, really. I mean, because our ideals in this world and what we would actually deem to be true we don't always act in that way, and I think that really points back to just our our natures to want to be selfish, to want to do things that are going to harm or injure other people. But I don't think that discredits truth, uh, unless people are saying truth is something that I can just conjure up. It's whatever I want it to be. It's not something that's it's outside of me. It's not something that is absolute. Because if it's something I can create, then then certainly things are getting really fuzzy there. But if it's something that's that's absolute. There's a standard outside of myself that uh, I'm not always going to be able to hold true to um, because I'm still a person. I still have this fallen nature. I still am a selfish person, like I'm saying. So, Ryan, was there anything more you wanted to add? Just well, yeah, before? I wanted to reiterate that uh, that that was my that was a previous belief. The whole not being able to accept the church and um, through what I feel that uh, Jesus came to speak 
to me. He helped me accept the church. And um, although I still don't completely call myself a Christian, I do accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and realize that although because I'm, I'm as flawed as everybody else and I won't be able to match up to the perfect life that Jesus lived. But, uh, okay, well, Ryan, may, just I, something. may I ask you a question? Yeah. How did Jesus speak to you? I, just through various ways. Those signs and coincidences that just lined up too perfectly with things I was going on with in my life. And I mean, it's hard to put it into words how Jesus spoke, spoke to me because it's kind of an individual experience. And that's it. Now, I have a, a previous guest on this show, Matt Dillahunty, was a Christian for a good number of years. He's since become an atheist and he runs a, a TV show called The Atheist Experience. Very sharp, switched on guy. He said something to me when he came on this show that sort of struck a chord. He said, I have no reason to doubt what you experienced, but I have no way of understanding that. So everybody has a different experience because Jesus doesn't call us on the telephone. It's not something we can measure. So the signs that you describe were things like, uh, you probably have a, a better example than I do, but I would suggest at that time you were open to suggestion. And this is the confirmation bias thing I was talking about. If you If you ask for something fortunate to happen on a given day and then something completely out of the blue fortunate does happen then you perhaps incorrectly attribute that to a prayer for example and that's what builds a belief that's what builds faith well too if it's coincidence after coincidence i feel like that's something hard to ignore i don't disagree i don't disagree but you have to take each one of them on its own merits mm -hmm. but, sure. but any, anyway as i say this it's, it's not about me yelling at you did you have any other questions who's got a question well i mean I, i'm still kind of going back to my a little bit off of my original question, but the idea that you said, you know, if there was a God, you would love to know God. But I think one of the things that I, I find difficult, I guess, in like an atheistic viewpoint is, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here, but someone like yourself, uh, and just through the things you've been saying, even you very much pride yourself in the idea of not using faith, but using logic, reason, and all those things solely. And I'm definitely not sitting here saying don't use logic, reason, and those things. But if there is a God and you would want to know God, then wouldn't it be very natural and actually, I don't know, right that you wouldn't understand everything about the way the world works? Because if there is a God and he really made everything, and he, he made us and this world and how it all works and all these different things, then... He's obviously way smarter than I am, and so I can't really think that I would completely understand every single thing about this life. If I did, then that would make me God, so to speak. Hmm. Thinking about if there's a God and you would want to know him, then doesn't it make sense that you aren't able to logically and reasonably understand everything about life? I think the question you're kind of angling towards here is, how would I know a God if, if I saw one? I'm more asking uh, just the question that uh, an atheist very much prides himself on. If it's not logical, if it's not reasonable in my world, then it can't possibly be true. Like, I'd want to, so I'm saying, like, wouldn't there naturally be things that you would have to, at the end of the day, say, yeah, we can't really ultimately know that because I am not God. Exactly. Now, one, one of the things, probably the biggest thing I pride myself on is saying, I don't know. Now, right. I interviewed some children on a previous episode. They, they were only sort of seven or eight. And I asked them about questions like this. You know, what, what's a soul? How can, you know, where is it? How can we right. find it? What happens after we die? And to their credit, they answered with, I don't know. And that's something I hope I never lose. Oh, yeah. Because if I see something that 
to me would appear to be a miracle and all of a sudden somebody's grown a leg back mm -hmm. would i attribute that to a god or would i say i don't know so things occur all the time that we don't understand things occurred 15 billion years ago that we don't understand no not not completely with the theist argument they say okay well we don't understand how it came into existence we have a book here that gives us something that we want to believe so that's what we're going to take whereas the mm -hmm. physicist says i don't understand i don't know i can't know but here's the best explanation we have for this to date and that changes and it's updated constantly yes yeah, so i'm saying but in the fact then that you don't know everything or that you're saying i don't know wouldn't that actually contribute to the reality that they're might actually be a god well look there may well be a god right and, but you actually believe there isn't a god no ah okay let's define atheism okay. <laughs> yeah. um the atheist view and this is my view as well uh, because there's different types of atheism because we're we're a bunch of sects <laughs> yeah. is that i have no good reason to believe there is a god or gods because there's a lot of people there's a lot of different religions making assertions and I'm yet to see something convincing from any one of them. Then you've got your militant or your, sort of your right-wing atheists on the Dawkins scale, so of a one to seven, mm -hmm. a seven would be, okay, there categorically is no God. But in mm -hmm. order to make that assertion, you have to have evidence for it. Now, we right. don't have evidence that there is no God. In the same way, we don't have evidence that there's a, a unicorn orbiting Jupiter. So mm -hmm. I can't take that standpoint rationally. What I can do is say that, I'm yet to see evidence for this. And that's my position. That's all it is. Right. So I guess yeah, just as you consider the world, the universe, galaxies, all that, like, I guess from your viewpoint, I guess, how, how did everything get here? Hmm. Again, I don't know, and I'm not an authority on the topic. Right. What I mean, I, what, you what have I, a view on it, I'm guessing. Yeah, and what I would do in this instance is defer to an expert such as Lawrence Krauss, who is a physicist. Uh, right. And these are, you know, he's a guy who spent his life, his professional life at least, studying the universe. Do we know the cause of the Big Bang? Do we know what happened before the Big Bang? No, we don't. Mm -hmm. But things happen by chance all the time. So we have mutations that occur, and through chance we have different species evolving. If the universe popped into existence just for us, we are on a very, very, very tiny planet in a remote corner of the solar system. And mm -hmm. if all of this was for us, we're very self-centered to believe that. That's, mm -hmm. and, and that's my view on it. Right. Was that a okay. clear answer? Yeah, no, I, I guess. I mean, because there's not a specific answer I'm looking for. I'm more genuinely curious. Because mm -hmm. I guess, like, for someone like me, if I'm like, well, I don't know if there's a God. I don't have reason to believe in a God. Well, I just consider about looking at this universe and, like, I've seen, you know, a couple babies born into this world and how all this comes together and just somehow magically works and it actually is easier i think to believe that there has to be a god versus ah. well something just like by chance you nailed it then at some <laughs> point like well, how were those things created that actually gave birth to chance you know what i mean or all the different stuff related to like when you get back to not believing in a god but trying to explain the existence of all physical reality i feel like that almost seems to take more faith to me than to accept the reality that like there must be a god at least a creator so to speak and so i guess when you're saying i don't have evidence to believe in a god i guess i was just curious as to from your view then how you would view that because for me i feel like that enough if there has to at least be a god that proves that there is a god but i feel warm and fuzzy 
when I see a baby as well for the first time. <laughs> my sister is pregnant. She's due in three weeks with her first child, so I'm about to become an uncle. Yeah. And I have no doubt I'm going to be overwhelmed with all sorts of hormones and pheromones and, and, and things that we don't <laughs> understand that will make me think, wow, isn't this just wonderful? Yeah. Now, because I have a little bit of a, a science interest in my in my background i don't see anything there that i can't attribute to reality so it took no mystical intervention in order for that to take place so i can look at that in wonder and awe and experience a good feeling but i can experience it for what it is not for what it might be mm-hmm. yeah i'm more <laughs> just seeking to try to understand what you're saying about i need i need proof to believe there's a god and so i feel like when i even look at trees in the universe that and from my view obviously it points to the fact that there must at least be a god and so i guess for me the question then goes to if there is a god can he be known and so when i look at the world and i look at history and i consider the fact that there was a man that was told named jesus who came to this earth and people witnessed his life and wrote about him and all these various things that to me even logically uh, and firmly, that makes more sense, especially when I'm looking at what's good about life and how the life of Jesus actually produces those sort of things. Bob, I have a question. Lay it on me. I'm just thinking because, you know, we're logical beings. Yeah. And we create something, we build something, we take pride in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And one thing I'm thinking about is when I think about my faith, when I think about God and being created, uh, when it comes to my existence and how I got here, I take a lot of comfort and a lot of rest. And the thought that a creator, a logical creator, takes pride in his creation of me and you and Pastor Josh and Ryan. He takes pride in all of his creation. Not only that, but that my creator wants to know me and I get to have a relationship with him. I find a lot more comfort in that and a lot more peace in that than wondering how in the world we got here or relying on science that has no loving creation or intricate design to me. It's just by chance. I hmm. wonder where where do you find any peace or joy or comfort aside from that sort of um, relationship? Where do I find peace and love and joy? Probably the, the biggest thing I, I enjoy in life is learning. And when there's a question that I, I have that I didn't have an answer for previously, when that gets answered, I, I, you know, I get a kick out of that. I've learned something. I've improved. Yeah. When I've done something good for somebody else, I feel a sense of happiness. Now, when I look at my girlfriend, I'm <laughs> all loved up. That makes me happy. There was one point I wanted to touch upon in your in your question there. You, you said that you feel comforted by knowing that God loves all of his creations. When I look at the world as objectively as I possibly can and take the assumption that God created everybody on this earth, he created some people in a position of comfort, such as us in the Western world, where we have developed nations, high standards of living, good health care, and so forth. And in exactly the same time scale so right now there are people living in poverty so if there is a god he has a bias that gives me cause for uh, unease I, I wouldn't necessarily say that um the reason the reason i say that is uh, this past summer uh, i spent two months of my time in southeast asia working with a lot of people that had near nothing you know they were happy to get happy to get a meal or two a day mm-hmm. the christians that i encountered in that culture and that i got to work with and talk to they had what seemed to be a comfort and peace that even 
exceeded at times what I have, despite their circumstance. And God's love and comfort is not dependent on the material things I have or the, the quality of life that I have, but rather the relationship that He's given to me. Mm. Um, and He offers that to those people as well. And when they've experienced it, regardless of the fact that they're living in a uh, one-room apartment on the 10th floor of some apartment complex, sleeping on bamboo leaves and eating a bowl of rice a day, they still had that same comfort. And they were able to teach me things. And, and I was able to grow in my joy and my peace because of that. I think that God's love and peace that He offers us is not necessarily based on what He's given us. You know, a lot of people, I guess, in America, we've seen the guy with the Cadillac that says blessed on the front of it. And I don't think that that's exactly what God's idea of blessed is. But that's uh, his idea God, of blessed. <laughs> that, that's the guy in the Cadillac's idea of blessed, because he has a nice car. But I think what Scripture teaches us is that the idea of blessed is the fact that Jesus has offered his life as a ransom for ours and an opportunity to buy a relationship for us back with God that we lost in Adam. Hmm. And and I think that that ultimately is where my comfort and my peace comes from. Granted, I, I have plenty of peace and joy from, from dealing with my family, and I have happiness from my friends and, and the relationships that I've formed, but they don't, they don't begin to compare to what God has done for me and the relationship I have with Him. I guess that's kind of a very open-ended response. It's a good one. Uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll chime in here real quick. Um, this is kind of back to what I was trying to make my point across on Twitter with. Hang on, sorry, this is, this well, is Ryan? There, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, this is Ryan. Yeah, this was that point I was trying to make on Twitter when I was saying uh, with God we can, we find spiritual wealth, we don't find a material wealth. It seems like a lot of these developed countries now, like I mean, U.S. and Australia, obviously, they're a lot better off than other places in Africa and Southeast Asia. And, you know, some people can find comfort in materialistic objects, but that's man-created civilization, not God. God put us on this earth and man built walls and brought everybody together. And that's that's not a God thing. It's to have material items and civilization and developed economies. It's, in my opinion, it's living for God and making our lives about God and not about what we can gain on this earth. Hmm. Well, even the irony that, like, if God made everything, um, you're looking at the world and how it seems to be unfair, how uh, at least the Christian story is that, I mean, this is Christmas time. I mean, God comes uh, to a very poor family in an impoverished area. He's born in uh, a stable, you know, he's he doesn't grow up with all these riches and wealth, but Yet his message always is uh, exactly what everyone else has been saying here, that I'm rich because I get God and I get to have that relationship with God. And that's not based upon my physical circumstances. And I think it was Bob, I think, that was saying that, I mean, I've seen that too firsthand. You go into other third world places, love on people, and you leave and you feel like they taught you so much because they don't have nearly as much as you yet they are so happy because they realize that they really essentially have all that they need because um and don't i mean they need more physical benefits for sure but i'm saying in their heart of hearts realizing that they have god they have ultimately what they need for life and if 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 all there is is this life if it is finite like you're saying then then definitely i mean it looks very unfair but i find it ironic that god would come to this earth um, the Son of God, Jesus, and not come and be born in some palace and sit on some throne and and ask people just to, to continue to give him money for greater riches and things like that. But yet he would serve people and he wouldn't have a place to lay his head like the gospel and all these other things. So 
Hmm. Uh, it's more a question for you, but because I know you've said uh, you find a lot of joy in, in learning or in, in realizing that you're leaving you know, the generations behind you, hopefully the world a better place, so to speak. But would you be someone who, in some level, would say life is ultimately meaningless? You know, I mean, if you get to the place where we're all going to die someday, we all die, you say, I don't go to heaven or hell, I just go into the ground and worms eat me. Um, would you have to ultimately then look at life and say life is meaningless? People attribute meaning uh, very differently. Mm-hmm. So on that point, with the free will thing, you, you're free to set your own goals mm-hmm. in life. I set my goals not to appease somebody in the hope that I won't go to hell or that I might be blessed enough to go to heaven. I do good things on the basis of they're good and they assist others. In the life, the only life, that we can be assured of having. I too have been, you know, we've got a lot in common here. I I went to Vietnam. I lived in Vietnam in an impoverished area. I taught French and English at a university there for a year. Yeah, there's there's plenty of religion going on there. There's several different types. And we all got along. And my kick out of it was knowing that I'd made a difference and it helped those people improve their quality of living, perhaps not immediately, but over time, by being able to open up trade and so forth, by improving their education. Education, in my view, is the key to improving quality of life throughout the globe. So for that reason, I ask people to donate to support this show because it costs me money and time and so forth to produce. And 10% of everything I earn, so this is my tithing, I give it to a company called Kiva. They give that money out as loans to developing people. And I I target women for education because that is what I view as, as improving the quality of life and will have the most impact. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't. I hope I didn't stray too far from your question. No, I guess because I understand what you're saying and I would agree with you. I guess it's more if the world like ceased to exist someday and there were no more people because of some tragedy or, you know, whatever have you, then in essence you're not passing on this better quality of life anymore. Ultimately, in a sense, nothing really mattered because it's all over. That may well be the case, but right. I have no reason to believe that the world is about to uh, experience an apocalypse. No, but I'm just saying, like, if that were to happen, uh, then nothing really mattered because it's just all over. Like, it only matters if, in essence, like, if it always continues to be passed on, and then I guess, in a sense, you might be improving everyone's reality. You know what I mean? Their their hmm. life, their quality of life, like you're saying. I, I was just saying, if I look at it objectively, and the world were to cease to exist, so to speak, like, if you were to believe, like, meteors hit the Earth and wiped everything out, and there, you know, dinosaurs are gone and things like that, so to speak, at some level, if that were to happen, and no more life existed, then me and what i do in this life wouldn't really matter because it would just be gone okay but that that's at a point that's at a point in the future the and it's a, a theoretical hypothetical point in the future that may or may not occur so while it may or may not be meaningless at that point that doesn't stop me from doing good things now and i don't think it stops you either oh no it shouldn't it no. shouldn't this is ron again i guess i have a question um back, back to you trying to leave the world as a better place when you leave it uh if, i mean if you don't see any sort of view of an afterlife or reward and salvation for the good deeds you do, what, what really is the point then of you doing all these works? Um, essentially, I'm, there are definitely people that have come before you, and there will be people that come after you with the exact same idea of leaving the world with a better place, but with a belief like there is nowhere else to go. What's, what's the point? What's the motivation? Because it will just be this constant reciprocation of 
people trying to do good for something that ultimately just doesn't matter in the end. Hmm. Okay. I don't have kids yet, but I can imagine what having kids might be like. So that's my genetic afterlife. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I can have an impact on. I suppose that's that's as simple as I can make it. It's it's the only sort of residual trace I'll leave on the planet is my genes and for others to benefit and and experience happiness and joy as as a result of that i understand it's a really tricky concept for a believer to wrap their head around to understand that an atheist doesn't believe that they're going any particular place when they die because it's what believers have been taught you know when you, you you're a good person yes you might make mistakes but you've got to ask for forgiveness and then you can move on. For me, you know, we're not that different. It's just the, the bit at the very end where you move on. We're all going to stay here in some regard or another. And I don't feel that I have to impress somebody who may or may not exist in order to live a good life. If there is a God, and there could be, but it's probably not the God that everybody understands or believes in on the earth. And the reason I say that is you can ask 10 Christians, what is God? And you'll get 10 different answers. If there is a God, I shouldn't have had to have begged my entire life for his acceptance. I think that a good God would look at me and go, okay, well, he he asked the questions. Uh, He did good things. He tried to leave the place in a better condition than he found it. That's all right by me. That'd be a good God, in my view. How do you judge that, though? I mean, what if what if you did more bad than good? Or I mean, how do you know the the measurement of that? Well, I use my experiences. I use the sum total of my knowledge today. In the same way that you would, you can see that something is bad. Killing another person is a bad thing. Burning a house down is a bad thing. This is how I form my view of reality. I don't see that there's anything more complicated than that. Don't hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 it's really simple. And I, the way I phrased it is really quite simple. But I understand it's a very complex thing for a believer to, to understand. And I admire you guys for taking the time to try and understand it. Or at least understand my, my view a bit better. I think, you know, good for you. Yeah, no, I think it's great to be able to, to have different views, people talk about it. I want to, Bob, I want to leave one last comment. Um, you made the comment about having to live to try and you know beg, beg God or try and impress God. In my view, uh, I don't believe that the, the God we see in the Bible at all requires us to beg or try and pull him to our side and look favorably on us. But I believe that Christ has already done that for us. Um, it's just a matter of trust and belief in him, a surrenderance of our life to him in that. I think that that's actually what separates Christianity from the rest of the world religion is the fact that it's not about what I do, but what Christ did. It's not about what I can accomplish, but what's already been accomplished on the cross. And it's nothing I do to try and earn God's favor, but it's the fact that God has already placed his favor on me because of Jesus. The strife that comes in most world religions is trying to earn God's favor. The breath of fresh air that comes from Christianity is the fact that we don't have to earn it. God sent his son to die to give it to us. And uh, that's, in essence, in my theism, in my pursuit of God, uh, why Christianity rises above everything else is because God loved me enough to do the work for me. So I didn't have to worry whether or not I did good enough on this earth. And that, that's just the final thought I want to leave it with. I've got one tiny response. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. I find it extremely challenging to understand how God would send himself to earth to be tortured and punished, to forgive us for something that he, he didn't necessarily have to put in there in the first place. I find that concept of creating original sin to be the hook that faiths use. You know, you're, you're born broken and you have to get circumcised. You have to get, you know, you have to come and get water poured on your head. You have to eat symbolic crackers 
and drink wine, which is symbolically blood, which is quite odd when you when you look at it from the outside in. It's a concept that, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's my humble opinion, that is unnecessary. God didn't need to do that if there is a God. In my opinion, again, my opinion, but if God hadn't have done that, if He had not have placed an opportunity for us to rebel, He would have had He would have had a lot of robots serving Him originally. We would have been created only you know to serve Him with no opportunity to serve ourselves. It sounds and, a lot like heaven. <laughs> well, I would I would argue that because the people who would who would reach heaven in a relationship with God would have chosen on Earth to pursue that to have that relationship established and to have pursued God here. The idea is if we can pursue God in the midst of sin, then with the absence of sin, pursuit of God is not only, it's not easier to attain, but it's also more freeing. And it, it is the peace that we've been striving for on this earth to pursue God and know God is then perfected in heaven uh, to where it's not us as robots, but it's the perfection of our pursuit on earth. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you. All right, guys, we'll do a quick whip around. Is there anything that you would like to, any shout outs you'd like to make, any work that you're doing that you'd like to promote, such as a blog or, or a project you're working on or a charity that you'd like to give a shout out to, Josh? Sure. Um, right now, uh, we're in the midst of trying to open up a, a safe house for human trafficking, women trafficked out of Portland, Oregon, to receive rehabilitation and hopefully get back on their feet and have a better life and not have to live in that lifestyle. Uh, it's called House of Engedi, and so we're in the stages of trying to raise funds in order to see that house become a reality. So if people this Christmas season are looking to, to support something that's going to contribute to to women and receiving rehabilitation for a life they're oppressed in, it's called House of Engedi, and uh, we could really use the support for that. Okay, where can we find the link? Uh, it's just called houseofengedi.org. How do we spell Engedi? E-N-G-E-D-I, like a oasis in Getty. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. Bob, what have you got? I think I'd just like to thank you for letting me come on, Adam. And also, I love my school, Anderson University in South Carolina. Um, it's awesome. It's a Christian environment, so it's an awesome place. I definitely encourage anybody, maybe from the Australian side, looking to come over here. It's a great school. Uh, maybe to play soccer or something like that. I know one of my friends here is from Australia, and um, he's uh, his name's James Somerville. Oh, I know him. So, you know him? No, I made that up. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, no, he's he's over here from Australia, so I know uh, he loves it here, and it's just a great place. Cool. And Ryan, uh, on the uh, 21st of December, um, my band is playing a benefit show at the Rock Lake uh, Community Center in South Charleston, West Virginia. Um, Last year we did it. It's a Toys for Tots benefit show. Uh, admission's $8, or you just bring a brand new toy. Uh, last year we were able to raise um, $800 and a lot of clothes and toys to give to uh, you know families who otherwise wouldn't be able to enjoy Christmas. We have uh, more information posted on our Facebook uh, to, to anyone who wants to go check it out. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and taking the time to listen to mine. No doubt I'll speak to you on Twitter. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Pleasure. Right, so I'm choking, and usually I have such a really good gag reflex. Don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> You know it'll make it. Yes, definitely make it. Okay. G'day, Living Waters. This is Ray. Ray, Ray, this is Raylene. Ray, take me back, please, Ray. Ray, Raylene, I told you never to call this number again. Ray, 
I need to come back to you, but John won't let me go. He's holding me hostage. What have you done to your accent? Has he installed a new accent in you? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the accent. I don't know what accent that was. Is this line being tipped? (laughs) I can hear somebody else on it. Is that you, NRA or NSA? Those two always confuse me. Okay, Raylene, time to use your words. Raylene, are, are, you still, are you still there? Yeah, Ray. Yeah, Ray, I'm here. Why are you calling me? Ray, help me. John's keeping me hostage, Ray. What? But you ran back to him. But Ray, I, I can't live without you. I need you, Ray. This isn't my problem. Explain what's happened. John's hooked me up to the solar panels. He's harnessing the bright, shiny light from my luminescent asshole to keep his teeth even shinier. How is that even possible? Well, I don't know. Science, Ray. You don't know about science. You evolution-denying buffoon? Uh, No, I know all about the science. Science is pretty straightforward. Please come and get me. So what you're suggesting is that you want your job back? Yes, Ray. I I can't live without you, Ray. I've got a I've got... Look, just shush for a second. And if you can drag yourself away from that solar panel and renewing Joel's energy, you have a mission, should you choose to accept it. I've spent 17 weeks now on the phone to Twitter and I've been passed from pillar to post. I don't even understand what sort of languages they're talking. It's ridiculous. Well, have you not put the Twitter handle back yet, Ray? Still not. I-, I wish to accept it. I'll get it back for you, Ray. If I get your Twitter handle back, Ray, will you take me back? Hmm. I think we can come to some agreement. Meanwhile, back at the Joel Rothstein Renewable Energy Harvesting Center. Right. I'm just going to disconnect myself from the solar panels. I'm just going to pull this thing out of my asshole and. I'll be on my way. I've got a phone. I've got a phone. Twitter support to get that handle, and then I'll be back into Ray's fold. Oh no! But I've got no money. How will I find money to use the payphone? I know. I'll just take Joel's diamond cock ring. That's got to earn me a few quid. I'm free. I'm free. I'm on my way to see Ray. I need to find Twitter support so I can get this handle back to get it back to Ray. Oh look! What a surprise! This phone takes payments in the form of cock rings. Good morning, this is uh, Twitter support in uh, Johannesburg. How can I help you this morning? Hi, Hello? my name's Raylene. Uh, Hello? 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 Hello, this is Twitter support. It's Twitter support in Johannesburg. We only support very few areas. Uh, I'm, hold I'm on. calling for hold America. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I've, I, I've had enough. Uh, I'm, I'm going to transfer you to our department in India. Hold oh, for a second. Good morning. This is... Hello, this is Twitter support. Good morning, this is Twitter support. Cochrane Consciousness. <laughs> I must inform you that this Cochrane is being monitored for training and quality purposes. How can I help you today? <laughs> what the fuck is that? I can't make out which one of 
Let me put you through to my supervisor. Hang on. Two minds can be one consciousness. We are Between the two of us, how can we solve your problem today? Raylene, I, I am the XPA of the very famous Ray Comfort. I'm sure you've heard of him. I need to get his Twitter handle back. It's been stolen. Where did he lose it? Was it in the infant consciousness of the universe? No, some jumped up atheist took it. I need to get it back to Ray. If I get this Twitter handle back, Ray will have me back. I'll just pop you through to the call center in Ireland. Have a conscious day. <laughs> Don't forget one mind, two consciousness, three testicles. <laughs> Hello, top of the morning to you. This is Seamus in Twitter support in Dublin. How's the crack? I'm sorry, Seamus. I, I don't understand you. All I've heard was potato, potato, and leprechauns, and I take it up the arse. That's what I said. I need to, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my Twitter handle back. Uh, I've been passed around from pillar to post. My name is Rylene. I'm Ray Comfort's assistant. I need to get my Twitter handle back so that Ray will take me back. Can you help me or not? Well... Have you spoken to Deepak in India? Yes, and he's just a... Is Deepak UCDs with all of these things? Oh, no one can help me. I need to get my Twitter handle back so I can give it back to Ray. How is the Twitter handle spelt? Ray Comfort. Are you stupid? So it's just Ray Comfort? Yes. Is that Comfort with a U? No, you illiterate potato picker. It's Comfort with an O. And that's two oh O's. God. Yes, no, one O. So just the one O, no you. You're starting to sound like Deepak again. <laughs> like an Irish Deepak. Deepak is present in all countries. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you find a photon, you'll find a little bit of Deepak. Hello? Twitter's a phone? Hello. Hello, this is Raylene. Ray Comfort. Lyraine? Yes, Raylene. Whatever you want to call Lyraine. How are you, Lyraine? Can you help me get my Twitter handle back? Of course I can. Well, then do what's it. Your, what's your Twitter handle called? It's at R-A-Y-C-O-M-F-O-R-T. Ray Comfort. Okay, let me read it back. L-A-R-I. Sila, Emma, Latte. Collect? No, no, it's not collect. I've paid for this call with a cock ring. It's not a collect. Yes, yes, correct. So, I mean, so, Lean State, Twitter handle, L R I C O R L A T. Yes. Collect? Yes, correct. Okay, you just have to go through confirmation with Deepak in India. Hold for a second. This is Deepak. Uh, this is the confirmation department. Hello? Yes, hello. We hello. need to confirm a uh, Twitter handle reinstatement for L-R-I-C-O-M-R-T. Like comfort. Let me just check the fax machine. I don't have a fax machine. <laughs> it's okay. I have a fax machine. When you think about the universe, you have to think for yourself... Everybody is a fax machine. Can you send us a thought fax there from China? Okay, I'll send cosmic fax.
I am receiving your cosmic facts. I have received your cosmic facts. We will reinstate. Did you like the picture of my cat? <laughs> is that supper? <clears throat> Let me just take this to my manager, which is me. I have had my manager sign it off. We are good to go to reinstate the right comfort. Would you like to put the customer on the line? Hold for run Hello, Ray Ray. Hello, have you had any luck? We have a Twitter handle. We transfer you to India. Hello. Hello. This is Deepak. Deepak, it's Raylene. Have you got my Twitter handle? Let me just confirm the spelling before I give it back to you. L-A-R. <laughs> C-R-M-F-A-R-T. Ah, oh, that will do. Thanks, Deepak. Be conscious. Always. G'day, Raylene. Hi, Ray. It's me, Raylene. Have you missed me? Oh, no. I've missed my Twitter handle more. But uh, coming out of the rain, your footsteps sound uh, damp. All right, talk me through it. You have no idea what I've been through to, to get this Twitter handle back for you. I'm sorry, I'll have to transfer you through to another department in Bolivia. Fuck off, Bolivia. I can't do Bolivia. I I don't even know how Bolivian people speak. Just transferring you through now. Transfer complete. (laughs) (laughs) Pick it up in Spanish. Do it. I I can't do it. I don't know what Spanish people speak like. Hola. Hola. This call has been transferred internally. Clearly, there is no one picking up in Bolivia. <laughs> Ireland. Joel is hooking me up to solar to the solar, to the solar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>